running. It, it sucks. sucks. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell. And my name is Carl Mizell. And this is a podcast that would like to welcome you into December. Hello, my love. How are you? I am well. I am very well. Thank you. It is, uh, in fact, December. Mm-hmm. Uh, our son, who you used to be able to ask him what he had for lunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, would he, would he, right after he finished lunch mm-hmm. and he couldn't tell you. Now he knows the date. He knows what day of the week it is. He's on top of this stuff. So he informed uh, you of the date. Yes. He informed me not only today was uh, December 1st, but tomorrow was December 2nd. Ah, yes. He's so smart. He's just wicked smart. It's crazy seeing how much like kindergarten has made his brain just explode. I know. It's really cool. It's insane. How are you? I am Good, thank you. I'm pretty darn good. I uh, finally finished decorating our house for Christmas. Yes, it looks so great. It looks beautiful. I'm going to do the outside probably over the weekend. We don't do as much on the outside. The inside I go pretty ham. Yeah, um, I, ju- I just noticed you put uh, ornaments on this beam right here in the living room. I did. I actually have enough ornaments to do all of the beams, but I only did those ones because I had to be on the ladder to do it. Yeah. So I did it all at once. Okay. Um, the rest of them I can reach by hand. But yeah, I'm I'm great. Otherwise, I, I've had a lovely week. It's been a really good. It's been a really good week in the life of the Mizell family. So I am pleased as punch. Yeah. Well, we we shan't belabor the point any further. Before we dive into the episode, though, mm-hmm. um, if you do not follow us on social media, we do have an announcement to make. Yes. At the top of the show, uh, we are going to continue making episodes uh, through the end of the year. We will have an episode landing on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Yep. But that New Year's Day episode is mm-hmm. going to be our last episode for about five or six weeks. We yep. are going to take a brief hiatus. Yep. It's time to take a break, get a little rest. We've been doing this consistently for what episode is this? Like 40 weeks now? This is, for, the, this is episode 39 or 40. We also have our three author profiles. We also did a bonus episode. Yep. The bonus Jessica episode yeah. from early in our run. Um, so, I mean, we've been we've been consistently making this show for about, about, yeah, about nine months yeah. and I'm tired and I want a little break. And so I'm taking one. So um, you will also get a break. I can't wait out of that deal uh, yeah. from the editing. I know you love doing the editing, but it also takes up a lot of your spare time. It does. And and then also the month of January, I'll be gearing up to get put me in coach. Oh, my, yeah. My baseball podcast yeah. back up and running. That's right. Because uh, we've been on hiatus since the end of the World Series. Right. Um, so yeah, so we are going to take a few weeks off. Uh, we've got some stuff in the works for next year. We've got some big stuff planned and it's going to be a a lot of fun and we can't wait to tell you all about that, but we, we definitely do need a break. Yes. Yes, we definitely do. And I will also be taking that time to read for pleasure. Yes. I have a huge TBR, um, including a book from the series that I'm going to talk about today that I haven't been able to get to because I've been more focused on making sure that I'm reading for the show. Yeah. And I need to, I need to just read for me. Yeah. Well, speaking of, yeah. what are we reading this week? This week I read, as I told you, for about the fourth time because I loved I love these books. I read Mistlefoe by 
Kimberly Lemming. It is part of her Mead Mishaps series, which is the best romanticy series ever written. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. <laughs> I just enforce them. It is the best romanticy series I've ever read. And for those of you who have never met my wife IRL, she is an intimidating person to stand near. <laughs> she is uh, six feet one of just thick. Yeah, just intimidation. Yep. I was just saying that earlier today in the group chat I have with my cousins. My mm. cousin Mar- Maria, she uh, threatened to beat me up. And I was like, you could, because I'm not, I'm not scrappy. I, <laughs> I rely on my size to be intimidating. I don't actually know how to fight. In, in, the, in a real fight, my only hope is using my incredible size to just sit on them or something. Yeah. I Take do- them down at the knees. I try to exist in that same uh, paradigm. I'm, I'm a little bit taller than you. You know, bald, tattoos, because just convincing people not to fuck with you is way easier than being fucked with and having to deal with that. Yes, generally speaking. So. It is nice. So, yeah. TLDR, two big toughies. Two big toughies. <laughs> but, yeah, like like I said, I don't make the rules. I'm not going inf- to, I said, I'll enforce the rules, but not with violence, because I'm no. not scrappy. No. But anyway. I'm sorry, I got distracted because the dog was being a jerk. Where were we? What are we? We were talking about uh, this is the best romanticy series oh, ever. Oh, yes. Okay, so the Mead Mishap series. So I'm going to have just like a little fangirl moment at the top of the episode here. Kimberly Lemming. So when I was going through that really bad depression and I wasn't reading, mm-hmm. her book, That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon, is what pulled me back into reading again. And the entire series is so fantastic. The world that she has built makes me so happy. And it's so clever and refreshing. And it feels new. It's, it's, uh, she, she strives to, to turn tropes on their heads mm-hmm. and tell the stories that we love to tell in a fresh way. Yeah. And kind of, it feels like it kind of fixed me when it comes to reading. Mm-hmm. That that time I got drunk and saved a demon fixed me. And I'm eternally grateful for it. Um, I was going to do a Kimberly Lemming book on this show sooner than this, but I couldn't decide which one to do. And so now that we're in the holidays, I chose Mistlefoe because it is a winter themed, though non-denominational, it's not Christmas book. And I think it's fantastic. And it's got all of the world that I love in it. So we're doing this one, which is available, by the way, for $2.99 or through Kindle Unlimited. Mm. We don't have any major content warnings this week. Our sex content is sex in public and use of magic restraints. Okay. And our uh, our tropes are fake dating, only one bed, and fantasy, demon sex. I mean... Yeah. Fake dating has made several appearances on it the show. It has, yes. It's um, not one of my favorite tropes, but it finds its way into a lot of stuff because it's a really easy way to like begin. Yeah. Just get the two characters into the same space. But this one is kind of fun because it's like, it's not fake dating. It's like a fake girlfriend experience. Okay. Which is really funny. All right. And well, I enjoy that. Let's get after it then. Let's get after it. Okay. So this book technically takes place after the events of that time I got drunk and saved a demon. Okay. Um, so I'm going to give you a little bit of background. The realm that we are in is currently in upheaval. So for centuries. <laughs> so present day earth. Yes. <laughs> for centuries, the people of this realm worshipped the goddess Maiva because she kept 
the demons at bay behind Valsog's gate. And every 15 years, she would summon four young, hot, intrepid heroes to go and do something to reseal the gate. Until the FMC of that time I got drunk, Cinnamon, found a way to clear the minds of an escaped demon and became his mate and went on an adventure with him with this motley crew and discovered that Maiva was not a goddess. She was a witch who had enslaved the demons behind Valsog's gate. And so they break the enslavement and they kill Maiva. And now demons are roaming freely. Magic is much more freely expressed. And now the whole world is trying to fig- like reintegrate and figure out how to move forward. I love a good I love that. Yeah. There you go. There's that trope subversion. It's it's fantastic. Another thing that I really enjoy about Kimberly Lemming's books is that the characters in them, well, so the humans may be afraid of demons because of their mythology. Mm-hmm. There's no discrimination amongst the people, and that's really nice. Yeah. Like you, the only time that there is ever a distressing way that people treat other people in those books, as far as I remember, is in that time when they go to a city where they have enslaved the demons against their will Mm -hmm. and that's a problem yeah but not the fact that every race color and creed of people and every breed of demon are around love that yeah i love that nobody hates each other fuck yeah rock on so let's get into our story today so our fmc her name is ruby she is 32 she's tall and broad and built like the daughter of a blacksmith because she's the daughter of a blacksmith so you sort of she's stronger than me she's got more (laughs) muscles than i do because she can like swing a broadsword and make a broadsword i can't do either of those things she's also incredibly blunt and she has a biting sense of humor Mm. she has a very dark skin and curly hair all of kimberly lemming's fmcs are black women Excellent. Yes. So that's cool. And Ruby's father is the blacksmith in the city of Goldcrest. And business is booming because ever since the demons came back, people are arming themselves because they're terrified. Mm-hmm. So he's they've been making a shit ton of money. That's great. But the problem is that they need ore in order to make weapons. And the king is hoarding all of the ore mm-hmm. in his own whatever dumb kingness that he's doing. Bit of and, an ore whore, huh? Or hoarder? Or hoarder? Or hoarder. Or hoarder. Okay. <laughs> I just like the phrase, say, or whore. Yeah. So in order to keep the business functioning, Ruby's dad went into the mountains, mined some ore himself to make weapons with, but he stole that ore from the territory of a fox demon who lives up there, and so now he is cursed. And the curse is that any weapon he makes with the stolen ore can talk, and they are all antagonistic insulting and filthy (laughs) so like when we first start the book he is pounding a dagger on the on the anvil and and he hits it and it says yes hit me harder daddy like that's (laughs) incredible every single weapon in this place talks so they're losing business because nobody wants to come in to their shop and have an axe tell them that they have nice titties you know i do i mean i do but most people don't. Yeah. There's a video game that has a similar conceit, but with uh, with firearms. Yeah? I, it's called High on Life. And if I remember correctly, all of the weapons do it. Uh, they talk? Yes. That's rad. They they quip. Oh. And whatnot. I love a quippy, uh, a quippy weapon, boys. But it's, it's sometimes uh, video games will have the occasional uh, firearm that talks. 
And it never is just like, uh, hi, uh, I'm Tim. Yeah. Tim the uh, gun. Yeah. Tim gun. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but how fun would that be? It's fashion. He <laughs> just critique. <laughs> makes oh my God. Fun of your, yes! what you're wearing. Somebody please. Yeah. Uh, Tim gun, the talking gun who insults your clothes before he gets shot. Before, oh, before you get shot, you get, you shot. get a withering uh, appraisal oh of your outfit, and then you die. Yes. Literally adding insult to yeah. mortal injury. Frankly, the Tim it's, gun. It's, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Just imagine, like, it's, it's tacky. It's got a pair of sharp glasses on it as well. Incredible suit. Yep. Always an incredible suit. <laughs> that great hair. Anywho, so... Ruby decides that they need to get the curse removed. And since her dad's not going to do anything about it, she's going to go take care of it herself. So she goes home and she prepares an apology basket filled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's an, it's a, it's, it's an edible arrangement, <laughs> but also with like special runes. <laughs> not even. Not even, just it's just a basket <laughs> full of baked goods and a <laughs> bottle of wine. And she walks up into the mountains to go take it to the fox demon and be like, here's some nice stuff, please. I don't I don't want the swords to tell me that my dad likes butt stuff anymore. <laughs> please just... take the curse away. And so off she goes and she takes a sword with her. And the sword that she takes is Alexis. Alexis is a talking sword and a recurring character in this series, and I love her. <laughs> She's so fantastic, but this is her introduction. So they they go up into the mountains, Ruby and Alexis, go up into the mountains, and they, they have like a little chat. This is where Alexis makes up her own name. She's only been alive for three days, so she just made mm -hmm. up a name when she was asked. And... Ruby explains that they are there to find the fox demon. And Alexis is just like, oh, okay. Hey, trees, where's your master? Mm -hmm. And the trees start to shift and swirl into like this tunnel leading downward. And she falls down into the tunnel and tumbles all the way down into the fox demon's territory. She's magically led there, basically. But she lands face first in a cherry cobbler. So that sucks. <laughs> for her when she looks up she is looking at a giant white wolf the size of a barn Oof. a massive wolf that like it like licks the cherry cobbler off of her face and so she gives it the basket like i brought you this basket of apology goods and it like sniffs through it and eats the stuff and then like turns its nose up at the wine because the wine's not good enough for him and she's like fuck you man like come on i brought you nice wine um, <laughs> i'm not drinking fucking merlot yeah and he says that he will lift so this is the fox demon in question obviously he says that he will lift the curse off of her father if she agrees to be his mate and then he turns into a man and he is our fmc his name is or our mmc sorry his name is luca he has wild white hair very dark skin amber eyes he's gorgeous and his I, I, one of my favorite descriptions his voice is like a perfectly tuned cello that is yeah yeah it's poetic right that's poetic well done. and like when he transforms ruby's just like why are they are they all hot this is gonna be a lot harder now because he's hot i don't know what to do with this information and alexis is back there in her scabbard like oh my god he's so hot you <laughs> should fuck that guy Bless you, Alexis. Bless you. 
Um, so he takes her into a, a house that he basically grows out of the ground. So he has the ability to manipulate and grow plants however he wants to. So it looks like he grows what's basically a hobbit, a hobbit hole. Mm-hmm. And they go inside this hill and all of the furniture inside is gro- is trees, but that are like shaped like tables and chairs and stuff, which is super cool. And he tells her that he needs her to pretend to be his mate for one week at the winter festival that is being hosted by the local dragon because he needs to get the dragon's favor so that he can maintain his hold on this territory and because a mate will make the territory more secure because a mate implies offspring which implies no territory disputes if he can have a mate at the festival he thinks that will be enough why does why does he have to have a mate like why why is a mate so important or special it's because Maiva's curse killed all of the female demons, and now they have a 10 to 1 ratio. Oh, wow. Yeah. Real, real sausage fest down yeah, there. Yeah, seriously. It's just dudes for days. I thought you were going to tell me the real reason he needed a mate was so that he could get the starting quarterback job oh, for his yes. realm's football team. Yes. Because <laughs> if you if you have a wife, <laughs> then you want to settle down, and that guarantees that you will want to stay in Goldcrest. If you stay in Goldcrest, we will give you the contract. <laughs> uh, go back and listen to our episode on Pump Fake, Pump fake. Uh, for why that joke is God actually bless. hilarious. Quite funny. We are very funny. Yeah. I anyway. Don't, I don't know if you know this yet. Because females are so rare, having a mate by his side will secure him the territory. Mm-hmm. So... They sit down at this tree table and they start negotiating terms in exchange for being his mate for one week and acting like that in public, kissing, flirting, touching that we need to sell this. (laughs) He will lift the curse. And if he secures the territory, he will give her father exclusive mining rights in his mountains, which will make them incredibly rich. And that's not really something that she can say no to in terms of a business deal. And also, he's crazy, stupid, hot, and he makes her really horny. Mm. So there's not really a downside to this situation. She asks him, like, is sex implied here? Are we are we going to have sex? And he's like, well, do you want to be wine dined and fucked for a week? Because I'll do it. You're <laughs> hot. Like this whole situ- this whole scene is very is very sexy. There's a lot of like thigh touching and and flirtatious glances and like looking at lips and yeah. stuff like that. So they're both very on board. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose <laughs> I could be troubled yeah. to fuck you. Yes. I mean, if Maybe. that's what if you're into it, if you really want to, I won't say like, I'll, I won't say no, but I won't enjoy it. Yeah. I'm not a monster. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, if you want to, yes, absolutely. I will fuck you. And she agrees. So she agrees to the terms of this deal and so he's like fantastic in order to steal this deal he lifts her up on the table and he eats her out we don't have time to build anything this book is 60 pages long we are beginning no but i just i've i've done some light studying i've never seen anything like that in anything about contract law i don't (laughs) think that's how this works no this is a demon. This is a different realm. Yeah. Here we have to make our 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 names go all squiggly. <laughs> right. Over there, you have to give the contract partner an orgasm. <laughs> Orally. 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 Yeah. Cunnilingus. 
or fellatio, that's the only way. Oh, no, because they had that lawsuit, remember? And the judge did determine that if you could talk them out, then you could talk them oh, out oh, as it, well. Because yeah. that is also oral. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> Listener, she's laughing way harder at this joke than I am. Uh, yeah, because I appreciate comedy more than you do. No, it was... I'm really just processing. I've I I can't remember the last time you went that far for a joke. That was impressive. Yeah, yeah. Reach for the stars. Yeah, well done. Yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. So he eats her out, and she has one orgasm, and then he keeps, he keeps going, and she's like, I, uh, "Dude, I don't know if I can handle that." He's like, "You absolutely can. Yes, you can." And so she has the second one until she's like screaming and sobbing, and wonderful, wonderful. Great job. Love a positive attitude, boys. Absolutely. She asks if, uh, or no, she doesn't ask anything. She, uh, He says that he would love to stay and fuck her all day, but they can't be late to this festival. Like, they have to be on time. Tardiness is not tolerated, so they have to go, and they go. They just go to the festival immediately. Don't wash your face or anything, Luca. Seri- no, why would you? You want everybody to know you're mated. You're going to go in there with pussy on your face. <laughs> just leaning in, close talking yep. to everybody. Breathing on them. <sighs> Hey, hey, smell this. <laughs> God, smell, anybody got smell vagina in here? Anybody else puss? Yep, I smell God, it. I, I hope do. it's not my face. Oh, ooh, <laughs> uh, sucks to be you guys. So they go to the festival and Alexis then speaks up because she was in the corner the whole time. <laughs> she's conscious and aware of everything that's happening around her. She doesn't have eyes or mouth or anything. I don't know how that works, mm-hmm. but um, she definitely knows what's happening. And she demands to go with them she's like you're not going to a week of demonic hedonism and leaving me here hang me on a wall in a bedroom and i'll just watch like <laughs> i don't need you, you don't need to do much just take me with you so they agree to take her with them and so off they go when they get to the festival the first thing they find is the courtyard outside so the festival is being held at the dragon's castle okay. and the courtyard outside has like food vendors and music there's a lot of people there all dudes Typical. Typical. And she's on his arm, blending right in as a mate. He spots a spider shifter who looks a lot like Catan, but if Catan's complementary color was red instead of purple. The uh, book Ensnared by Tiffany Robert, he was the MMC of that book. Yes. He has a giant spider centaur. Uh, So he's a spider body and like a sort of humanoid Upper torso, upper torso yeah. area, and she she d- tries not to freak out, but she's terrified of spiders. So she leans into him, uh, she leans into Luca, and and Luca's like, "Don't don't say anything. Jerome is sensitive." Like, <laughs> so Jerome comes up to them and has a conversation with them, and <laughs> Luca makes sure to say louder than is necessary that this is Ruby. She's my mate. <laughs> Gazeth upon she who has the titties, my mate, you know. It is her vagina you smell on my face. <laughs> yep. Congratulate me. <laughs> and Jerome starts hitting on her almost immediately. And it turns out that just like having a mate maybe politically good for Luca, but it's not going to make it socially easy for her to be there. It's not like people will avoid her because she's mated. Mm -hmm. They're all going to hit on her instead and try and take her away. They finish that conversation with Jerome and they head inside 
to uh, the bedroom that they have been assigned in this castle. And Luca goes to go and like do some businessy type things and leaves her and Alexis in the room where they lay on the bed for a little while just because it's the nicest bed that they have ever seen. And then Alexis is like, so what are you going to wear to dinner tonight? And <laughs> Ruby realizes that she didn't have like she didn't pack anything. She has nothing. Mm. She's got the clothes on her back. <laughs> and they're probably not, you know, like party appropriate. No, they're travel clothes. Yeah. But Alexis is like, go look in the closet, dumbass. There's a bunch of gowns and outfits in there. And they all magically fit her. She's like, what the fuck? And Alexis is like, you're talking to a sword. Mm -hmm. Why is the magic wardrobe going to be the thing that surprises you? (laughs) So they try on a couple of dresses. And Ruby talks to Alexis a little bit about like her... She does, it's not like a commitment phobia. It's just that she's very happy to be single. Yeah. So she's never sought out a partner. And now she realizes she's going to have to sleep in the bed with Luca all week. And that's a little too like intimate for her because it's just not something she does. But she'll have to like grin and bear it. This is not something that she can A, get out of or B, want to get out of yeah like she's here for good reasons it just makes her uncomfortable it's basically in her opinion like relationships are like they're fun and they're great and then they always sort of end with it either being kind of boring or heartbreak fair but i would never criticize the boundaries that anybody sets but this you met this dude and then minutes later he was face deep in your snatch yeah and she was cool with that because it was just sex but uh, you don't you don't want to sleep next to put put alexis between you yeah make the pillow mountain (laughs) it's okay make the pillow wall you're gonna be fine so luca comes back into the room and helps her lace up the very beautiful silver dress that she has chosen to wear for dinner which then becomes a very intimate scene of like gentle touches up her back as he's lacing it up and like feeling down her sides and lovely stuff like this and then they turn around he turns her around for a super hot kiss, mm-hmm. but they can't stay. They got to go to dinner again. Tardiness will not be tolerated. We are here on a political mission. And he still has not washed his face. And he still has not washed his face. No. At the feast, they enjoy a lot of really delicious sounding sort of medieval fantasy food um, and a lot of good company, including the dragon lord and his wife, Lady Camilla who is very excited to have another woman there because there are only three (laughs) women there in total. Lady Camilla, Ruby, and another woman named Nydia. That's it. Yeah. That's all sausage fest. She's like, oh my God, please talk to me about menstruation or something. I just need to (laughs) talk to a woman for five seconds. Literally anything. Seriously. So during this feast... To celebrate that they are now free from Maiva's curse, that they decide to all partake in the thing that breaks the curse. And the thing that breaks the curse is the spice cinnamon. Like the actual... Like the actual spice cinnamon. And so like little kobolds walk around with little bowls and they hand them out and like people take... And eventually she realizes, oh no, they don't realize you can't just eat cinnamon by the spoonful and it becomes a room (laughs) full of demons trying to do the cinnamon challenge. (laughs) (laughs) She tries to stop them, but the only one she can manage to stop is Luca. Everybody else just shoves cinnamon in their mouth, which is impossible you can't swallow cinnamon because it will soak up all of the spit you can't there's no way to swallow cinnamon so 
the first one to crack is the dragon lord who starts coughing and he coughs out a huge fireball throws himself backward out of his own chair like he's on fire everybody's freaking out because they're all coughing their asses off and ruby and luca are laughing hysterically because what what else do you do in that situation and then when the 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 dragon lord eventually like writes himself he starts laughing and then his wife starts laughing and then it's a great time had by all until eventually they start talking about the events of the week and lady camilla asks ruby if she's going to participate in the tradition that they have called the doe hunt so the doe hunt all of the women get a one hour head start to run off into the wilderness and then the men chase them down and when they catch them the men battle to see who gets to have the final battle and the final battle is with the woman and if he can defeat her in battle he has won the right to one night with her you know what i like it i fucking love it i know right (laughs) you guys fight each other i'm fighting one but i am fighting somebody i'm not giving this shit up for free like you don't just get to shoot an arrow for my hand yeah you know but if if you can kick my ass, then sure. <laughs> oh, the bloodbath that would ensue oh, man. in my fight to get to you. Oh, you're Oof. so sweet. And then I would just fold like wet paper because, again, I'm not scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight. I can't fight. So all of this sounds great. And Ruby's like, I would love to participate. This sounds really cool, but... I am not a match for any of these guys. I can't win a fight. So it's not a fair fight. Um, And they're like, well, you have a sword. She's like, I'm a blacksmith. It's advertising. It's not. (laughs) I I can swing it, but I'm not like a fighter. I'm more of a salesperson. Yeah. (laughs) So Lady Camilla is like, no, you know, you're absolutely right. Now we are integrating into the human world. We need to update some of our traditions to allow humans to participate in that. Um, So what else do you guys do around the winter? Um, And she talks about like decorating the streets and putting up trees and, and, and mistletoe. And Lady Camilla's like, oh, perfect. So we'll just give you some mistletoe. You run off into the woods like usual. And the first one to get your mistletoe wins you for a night. We'll call it Mistlefoe. Oh, they said the name of the book. (laughs) They said the thing. (laughs) So, so as not to upset anyone, and because it does actually sound like fun, she's like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll totally do that. And then the the feast kind of ends, and they wander off, and Luca takes her to a different part of the castle where they have a hot spring inside the castle, a big public bath, and then a bunch of smaller baths around. Um, and a bunch of people are already in there, and she sees a lot of naked dudes real quick, like a lot of naked monster guys. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. <laughs> but luckily, the smaller baths have like tents mm-hmm. around them. So they get some privacy. So he takes her in there. He tells her, you know, get in, get comfortable. She feels grimy and shitty anyway. So a bath sounds amazing. And he goes off to like get supplies. The steam is so thick that when someone comes back in, she assumes it's Luca, but it's not. It's Nydia. And Nydia's there to throw a little snit because she's taking attention away from Nydia. Like that's. She's just going to be pissy because she thought she was going to be the only girl here. <coughs> and now she's not. And some of the dudes don't like me as much because, yeah, damn it, I wanted Luca or whatever. Yeah. Some dumb bullshit that Nydia does. Thankfully, because the steam is so thick, 
Nydia does not notice that the person throwing insults back at her is Alexis. So Alexis gets to do some of her best work. <laughs> just antagonism. Antagonism. Just, oh, my God. Just chirping. That was bad. Yes, just major chirps. Throwing major chirps. Pissing Nydia off so bad that eventually she transforms into a werecat. Ooh. So... She's very dangerous in and of her own right. But I, um, I th- but I, I think that Ruby is safe because cats hate water. Yeah, true, very true. Right. Um, eventually, She's- they do get her to leave by basically being like, "Yeah, okay, kill me, sure. Present my bones to Luca. That'll get him. Yeah, That'll right. do it. <laughs> Make my femur into a heart-shaped necklace. You fucking freak." And so she like, yeah, she just like huffs away. She's like, you're never going to. Rassum, frassum. Yeah, exactly. And then Luca comes back and he's brought a bottle of wine and some towels. And she invites him to come into the tub with him or with her. And she he's like, are you sure? Because you know what that means. If we get naked, you know what that means. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I know what that means. Get in this fucking pool, Mm -hmm. dude. Um, So he pours her a glass of wine and he has her sit on like a rock ledge. And he's like, just lay back, drink your wine and I'm going to eat you out some more. Enjoy. Fucking A. That sounds amazing. (laughs) Here's a glass of wine. You're in a hot tub. I'm going to lick your pussy now. Right. Yeah. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. Shouldn't I like me? Because you've already done this for me like shouldn't i maybe do it for you like absolutely not i don't know what kind of fucking schmoes you've been dealing with down in Goldcrest, <laughs> but you are dessert and i've been waiting for hours so le- lean back honey pie so he eats her out until she comes at least once and then he l- lifts her out of the tub and carries her to like a stone bench that's nearby and sits her on his lap so she can straddle him um and she notices out of the uh like flap of the tent that uh, one of the one of the demons is running away like with his hand over his junk like they've heard everything (laughs) on purpose like this is yeah they're doing this publicly for a reason and everybody who was in the public bath is now in a private bath jacking off or they have left (laughs) and she's like fuck yes this is amazing it makes her feel real sexy to know how wanted she is you know so she rides him for a little while and then he flips her onto her back and he fucks her for a little while. And then he uses his magic to grow vines that then hold her arms in place. Mm-hmm. And then he grows a vine with a rose on the end of it. And he uses the rose to like play with her clit. Interesting. Yeah. Like the petals close around it. Yeah. And, and, and it like shakes back and forth. Like he basically invented a vibrator. Yeah. With his magic. And uh, fucking yes it's amazing until the, until the very end and then everybody's coming and it's wonderful and alexis is still there let's always remember she's always around <laughs> that's just weird she's over in the corner going get it girl yes hey hey get it get it alexis would be very supportive <laughs> of you catching that rail could you ask your sword to not <laughs> could you ask your sword to not i don't mind if she's here but could she stop critiquing my work i know what i'm doing clearly clearly yeah he's fine it's fine it's all good and then the whole time he's also (laughs) so stopping to come up for breaths and going oh my god can you believe how mated i am in here (laughs) i mean really just fucking her is enough but yeah he could he could be like you're the best mate ever ruby thanks for fucking me (laughs) I'm very much enjoying our mating as mates yep. because we're mated. Yeah. 
If I um, mentioned we're mated. Oh baby, oh baby, get off me now. <laughs> Weeks up, beat it. Yep, you're done. So that's the end of that chapter. The following chapter just starts with the, the sentence, the following few days were a pleasant whirlwind of good food, good company, and general dick wizardry. So they've been having a great time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a winter festival. They're get they're fucking constantly and it's it's wonderful. But that this chapter starts with so this is the last day now. It's the last morning. Sorry, sorry. It's the last night. Mm-hmm. There's one more morning. So the last evening, um, Ruby is lying in bed and sort of like moping about their time coming to an end. And like Alexis is pointing out that in her own very special Alexis way that they don't have to end this now. Like if you guys just fucking talk to each other, she (laughs) says it out loud. Like all you have to do is flap your gums, woman. You need to speak to this man. And she's like, but it's not that easy. But what if it is that easy, bitch? Until eventually she's just like waxing poetic about how she wants to be with him. And she knows that she can't. And that makes her sad and horny. Like there's a lot of feeling. (laughs) Ultimately, Luca comes into the room and Alexis just spares us all the fucking pain by in again in her own special Alexis way being like hey she caught feelings what about you and he's like yep see how easy that was look at that now I'm not I'm not saying the outcome is always going to be the outcome that you want but it is that easy yeah but it is that easy and he's in like he doesn't want his time with with her to be over he likes her way too much he wants to spend as much time with him with her he wants to spend as much time with her as he possibly can until the end of time or they and if if they break up well he knows a great place to go mope like it's gonna be okay so he then says that he has secured his territory with the dragon so he ends the spell but he does keep alexis because she's their friend now so the the curse is done and the territory has been claimed but because lady camilla was so jazzed about them playing missile foe they're gonna stay to play missile foe mm-hmm. but the plan is that they are going to meet in a specific spot so she doesn't have to worry about being chased down um he gives her directions like the the cherry tree east of the blah 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 here's the problem with that though Ruby doesn't know her cardinal directions very well, and Alexis is a sword. <laughs> so the next day, the chapter of the chapter of Mistlefoe starts with her being chased up a mountain by Jerome and two Minotaurs. They got lost. She's conf- they don't know where they are, but they're definitely not where they were supposed to meet. They ran across some dudes, and the dudes started chasing her, and they're chasing her up the mountain. And apparently, Nydia has also spread the rumor that they broke up, that Luca and Ruby have broken up. So nothing is going to stop these dudes. They think they are well within their right to chase her down and get the mistletoe. So she's climbing up this mountain. Alexis is calling out instructions to her for where to swing so she can swing Alexis behind her as she goes. And she's like barely keeping these dudes off of her until eventually she like climbs up to an uh, like an outcropping and she kicks one of the guys off or she like swings her sword and hits him in the, the horn or something. And they're far enough away that she can stop and be like, can we take a break? Because I don't I don't do cardio. 
I'm tired. (laughs) 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 And they're none none of them are willing to give it up because they ultimately, if they get the mistletoe, they get a night with her, whether she's broken up with Luca or not. Mm -hmm. And eventually she just like screams her rage at them. And when she screams loud enough for it to be heard far away, a bush magically transforms into a sled. She hops on it, cuts it loose and slides down the mountain directly to Luca who is <laughs> under this cherry tree with Nydia who has found him first and is demanding that she fight that he fight her because she wants him that bad fight me you punk yeah let me get that she tells fox demon dick <laughs> yes she tells Ruby that she's not needed because Luca is going to blah 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 and Ruby just gets up off that sled walks right up to her cocks her fist back and just rocks her shit oh I thought she was gonna rocks her shit hoof her in the box no it would have been a good it would have been good if she hoofed her in the box it would have but no so she rocks her she falls back and <laughs> Ruby's like that is for making me run <laughs> and nothing literally and, nothing and else. literally nothing else <laughs> ultimately she started a rumor that made a bunch of dudes chase her, so she had to run, and running fucking sucks, so she got clocked for it. Like, that's, it's about the running. I um, like, I like running, and I think it sucks. Yeah. I hate running, and I think it sucks, too. <laughs> Join us at our next meeting of the Running Sucks Club. <laughs> running. It, it sucks. sucks. <laughs> so... Nydia's all pissed. She wants to fight. She transforms. She starts storming towards Ruby like she's going to kill her. But the roots from the cherry tree come up out of the ground and grab her and hold her still. Luca steps up. He's like, fuck you. What the fuck do you think you're doing? Uh, Nydia starts screaming about how he can't possibly choose a human over her. (laughs) And he gives this really fantastic, impassioned speech about how she was never even an option because... Ruby is his soulmate and he is in love with her. And then he turns to Ruby and he's like, I know that that's probably a little too fast for you, but just go with me on this because I am in love with you. (laughs) And Ruby's like, I love you too. So they exchange their I love yous and they kiss. And as the book of our minds fades to black, it is heavily implied that they're going to fuck right there. Possibly with Nydia still watching. (laughs) I don't know. Definitely. You have to assert your dominance. Yes. And that is the end of our book. No epilogue. Happily, they all lived hornily ever after. Uh, Yes. You don't need an epilogue. There are three more books and a novella. Just go read those. Yeah. Another novella called A Bump in Boo Hail, which is a great name. Well, hell yeah. That was a, a fun little blast. Yes. They're delightful, right? That's... All of the books, so all three of them are That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon, That Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Love Potion at a Werewolf, and That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Human are all equally as delightful in longer form. I can see how a book from this series could potentially pull you out of a depressive episode. Absolutely. They're brilliant and yes. beautiful and original and fun. Oh, just like you. Oh, Thank you. You're so nice. You're welcome. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. That was Mistlefoe. And it is a very happy little book that I was very happy to share with you. And I was very excited to hear it. You have been brimming with excitement and joy. Yes. Uh, I You were, uh, I believe, conversing with Gwen and 
talking about how you couldn't wait to tell me about Alexis. I can't remember who you were saying. Oh, you. oh, I think I made a TikTok about that. Oh, yeah, like, that's I right. I can't wait to tell it. I, I couldn't remember. I was asking for quotes, but I didn't get any, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but I did thought we would think we would play. How much time do we have? Now? Oh, we got plenty. Okay. I thought we would play a little game. So back before I did this as a show, uh-huh. I used to annotate my books. Uh, I would just highlight things that I thought were good. Mm-hmm. So I thought we would go through and I would just read a couple to you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so some notes of things that Katie really thought were great. Page three, men are dumb and are seldom worth the bother. True. Preach. Page 24, I love that you're willing to let a man you just met clap those cheeks, but not those emotions. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> That was Alexis uh, basically saying what you were saying. Oh, you're willing to let him fuck you, but you don't want to sleep in the same bed. Yeah. 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 Ruby, I'm going to need you to take one for the team and marry that fox for real. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the note, uh, I sometimes make notes. My note just says, God damn, Lemming, you're funny as hell. (laughs) I would sometimes leave notes for the authors like they were ever going to read my notes. And then uh, page 49, don't you ever ever make me run again and that's what she says after she clocks <laughs> Nidia in the face we were just talking about this today like one of the first lessons our children need to learn is if you see mommy running yes don't say anything yeah just, just run, run with her with mommy because if mom is running yeah something has gone ter- terribly wrong yes there's a real <laughs> problem and it's behind mommy so yeah. follow mommy <laughs> if dad's running It might just be cardio day. It's just cardio day. Yeah. He's just trying to lose that extra three pounds of water weight that he feels he needs to lose. Oh, no. Right. It's bulk season, baby. Oh, I know it is now, but like in the spring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I I, I live right around 193 to 195. Over the winter, I get up a little over 200, put on another pound or two muscle. Like a bear. Like a bear. You know, here comes the spring. I knock it down a little bit. That's what I'm into. But what are you into? Me? I am so glad you asked. So I was going to say my Christmas decorations, but then I gushed about them. Yeah. (laughs) Earlier. So instead, I'm going to say that right now, I am into the band The Amazing Devil. Now, I'm into them all the time. True. They are my favorite band. But I was listening to them this week. I got a, I tried to make a convert out of Gwen, Gwendolyn. Um, I was like, you need to listen to the, just please listen. They are also the band that I introduced to our friends, Nate and Murph, who now love them as well. Mm-hmm. I love The Amazing Devil. I think they're fantastic. Every single song on the album, Wild Blue, or no, The Horror in the Wild, Every single song on the horror in the wild is incredible. Listen to it from beginning to end. You'll sob. You'll dance. It's you'll sob some more probably. I just love them so much. It, now, if you're if you're not familiar with the Amazing Devil, I can't remember the woman's name in the band, but you might know Joey Beatty. Madeline, I believe her name is Madeline. Okay, but it's a, it's a man and a woman, and the man is Joey Beatty, who plays the uh, who plays Yaskier, Yaskier. the bard yep. on The Witcher, the the TV show with Henry Henry Cavill. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. And Madeline. And I believe Madeline. Madeline, Yes. They're a fantastic British folk duo. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. What are you into, my love? So many things. Oh, yes. But I opted to share my present love, even though I'm only one episode in. uh, The episode is an hour long. I am very into Blue Eye Samurai. Oh, yeah. On Netflix. It is a fucking phenomenal samurai 
anime. It is set in the 17th century in Japan. The borders uh, have been completely closed to anybody, any outsider who is not. So, and basically, it's gotten to the point now where it's extremely rare to see anybody who is not of Japanese descent. Okay. Which is why our main character, Mizu, Mm -hmm. is such an outcast because her mother gave birth to her and her father was one of only four white men known to still be within the borders of Japan. Oh. And she is walking around with round eyes that are blue. Yeah, okay. And so now she is hunting down. And in her guilt, well, let me back that up. So in her mo- her mother's guilt and shame, she committed suicide. Oh. Or so we are led to believe. Okay. I don't know. Maybe we, we I haven't gotten that far. But she is now seeking revenge and looking for the four men who could have been her father and seeking to off them. So it is a, a vengeance tale. It is a, a bloody gory anime it's funny it's it's, yeah. it's very charming um, i looked up from my chair a little bit yesterday and i saw some stuff that looked like some uh, like a good old-fashioned training with a master yes yeah there was some good old some good old training with a master there was some uh there was a a flesh trader that uh had a very he's a I guess pimp for lack of a okay. better term. Um, he pulled out this gun that she immediately recognized was not of Japanese make. It was a European model. Mm. So she knows that this guy must have some connection. Sure. Uh, so she quickly, you know, un- unsheathes her blade and uh, relieves him of a couple of fingers and part of that gun. And Whoa. then he says something to her on the way out. So she takes a couple more fingers. Damn. Just for grins. Uh, I cannot remember the entire cast. Uh, I know George Takei is in it. Uh, Maya Erskine plays Mizu. Uh, it's a pretty sick fucking show and I fucking love it. So I can't wait to watch more of it. Blue Eye Samurai. It is on Netflix. Uh, so I highly recommend that. I will link to a uh, a trailer in the show notes. And Katie, what, what video of or what song by The Amazing Devil do you think I should share uh, with the listeners? What song? Oh, God. Well, since I hyped up the horror in the wild, uh, let's pick a song from that album. Let's go with Wild Blue Yonder. You got it. Such a good song. All right. Anything else before we... uh, I don't think so. We we mentioned the hiatus. We did. And I think that's all I got. Thank you for coming on this journey with me. I was happy to do it. Mm -hmm. In the meantime... You can find us on social media. We are on TikTok and Instagram at Cheap Smut. Uh, if you would like to send us an email, you can do so. CheapSmutPod at gmail.com. If you'd like your communication to be a little faster and more real-timey, you can join the Discord, which I just now realized, I, I think it's at least the last two episodes, but definitely, or definitely the last episode, maybe the last two episodes, I've said, go to the link in the show notes, and I have not put the link in the show uh. notes. <laughs> Making a liar out of yourself, I dude. know. I'm still not used to it. Plus, I am extremely inactive in the Discord. If you would like to uh, purchase this book, you can go to our link tree, which definitely is in the show notes, and it will be the top link. It, it is It is not an affiliate link. We do not get money for this. We're just trying to help out the authors. The music that you hear in this and every episode is called Nostalgia by Makai Beats. You can find it along with thousands of other songs free of charge for you to use at the Free Music Archive, Free Music Archive. 
org. What do we have on the agenda for next week? Next week, we are reading Snow King Catches His Snowflake by A.E. Valdez. I have never heard of this author. I found this book while I was searching for good Christmassy stuff to read. So I'm really looking forward to it because it's brand new. And I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. Heck yeah. Until then, listener, if there is a book in you, write it. And if there's fucking in it, I'll read it. And then she will come on this show and explain it to me for your entertainment. Now go do something nice for yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.